0: Hey, I'm Sean, and welcome to the podcast. We are going to continue on the same path we've been on for the last few episodes, looking at what makes people successful. And a few episodes, I shared the the formula, my amazing, complex way of analyzing what I believe leads people to success. I'm I'm kind of playing here, because it's, ridiculously simple, but it's also pretty neat. And that was two episodes ago. So if, if you didn't listen or read the blog for the success formula, go back and listen to it because it, it'll give you a little bit of the, the the foundational underpinning of what I'm working through. But today I want to come back to what I believe is the most important aspect of the formula. It's the thing that without it, you literally just get nothing. You get nothing out of your business. You get nothing in life. You're not going to get any results whatsoever, I believe this is the number one reason that 80% of realtors fail in this business. And and if you haven't heard that stat before, I'll just tell you, I'm not making it up. Ask any broker owner who's been in business for five plus years, and they'll tell you that approximately 80% of new registrants fall out of the business after only two years of holding their license. Essentially, what happens is they just fail to renew. Most boards have a renewal process after a few years in the business where they put you through the courses in order to get your license, but then there's some more articling you need to do. And at the two-year mark, you have to have finished your courses, you have to check all the boxes, you pay some extra money, and you are now officially a realtor. 80% of people drop out at that moment, which is so depressing. So what's the number one reason? What's the number one reason that 80% of people don't make it past their second year? It's the first variable in the success formula. It's, it's the failure to take action. The reason that 80% of people don't ever do anything in real estate is because they don't ever do anything, and it drives me crazy. Um, this is a belly to belly sport, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of people get into real estate thinking that they can use technology or they're gonna crack the code or they're gonna create some new way of doing it. And here's the deal, for every, One person that figures that out, there's probably 10,000 people who otherwise might have been great that tried really hard to reinvent this business and just weren't able to figure it out. And and to to go further on that, it's actually kind of crazy to watch because over the past decade or so, technology has gotten into this space. And we've seen not just individuals thinking they can crack the code, but we've seen startup after startup after startup throwing... Hundreds of millions or billions of dollars into this business and ending up essentially bankrupt. And we see this, um, you know, with varying degrees of failure. For example, like Zillow pushed really hard to eliminate the agent and then didn't really happen. So now they're selling us leads. So this isn't just something that individuals think they can do. Literally, multi million, billion dollar corporations are throwing everything that they've got at changing the model. And it's hard. It's really hard to do. And they're influencing things. Things are changing. But the, the fact remains that for most realtors, if you just want to get to a basic level of success, there's nothing better than just getting out and doing stuff. And specifically, when I say that, sorry, but you got to get out and just talk to people. You got to talk to people. I don't care if you do it on social media. I don't care if you do it at the door. I don't care if you do it on the phone. I don't care if you do it at your school meetups or at a running club or church. Doesn't really matter. You just gotta meet people and talk to them, tell them you're in real estate and find little ways to bring them value. That's the underlying truth. You need to take action. So with this, a lot of people who get their license are uncomfortable because it's new. Maybe you didn't spend the last 20 years in cold sales, building yourself a customer list. Maybe you maybe you were in sales, if you're lucky. A lot of people get into this without sales experience, but maybe you're lucky, you have sales experience. A lot, of it, uh, a lot of sales roles aren't encompassing the entire life cycle of a client, so you might not be used to actually prospecting for business. Maybe you worked in a car dealership and all the, the opportunities you had walked in the front door and came to you. So sometimes you come in with a little bit of, of expectations as to what the job entails, but most realtors get into the business thinking that they're gonna be showing homes helping people out, and consulting with people, and that's only a small fraction of what we do. So it's hard to get used to, and what I wanted to do today was I wanted to look at this action piece, and I wanted to share some strategies that I've, I've found really work. First, we're going to talk about strategies to actually get yourself in to momentum. How do you actually start building up uh, a, 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 you know, a, a consistent practice of moving your business forward? Uh, the next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to share some strategies for how to make it comfortable. Because the truth is, even after doing it for like 15 plus years, it's not like I woke up on Monday morning being like, hell yeah, I get to cold call 180 people today. No, I, you don't. A lot of the time, you don't feel like it. It's repetitive. Frankly, it gets kind of boring because you're doing the same thing over and over again. And to be a top performer, you need to spend a lot of a lot of your time on it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to share some strategies on how I found that I could make it really comfortable for myself. And then finally, I'm gonna share some strategies for the long run, how you can stay in the game long term. I'm gonna help you make sure that you don't fall off. Okay, so how do we get into momentum? We know we need to take action. You gotta do stuff if you want stuff to happen. That's on you. Uh, You know, I always chuckle, I hear people sometimes say, oh, well, I told my friends and family that I got my real estate license. They're not sending me referrals. I'm like, well, whose job is it to get the referrals? That's your job. Go back to them. Bring them value. Follow up. Ask again. Like It's your job to do stuff. So getting into action is something that needs to happen quickly in the beginning of your career. And it's something that you need to not only get into, but maintain. This is for the entirety of your career. This isn't something that... You do for the first few years, and then you earned your your rights to a certain amount of business, and you kick your feet up, and the phone just rings. Trust me, it doesn't happen. There's way too much competition. So how do you get into this level of momentum? Well, the first strategy that I recommend is to to do what I call the fade up. This is for people who, like I mentioned, might not be entirely comfortable with the idea of. Going and knocking on their neighbor's doors or cold calling or whatever it is that you choose to do, going to church. So if getting into this business, you're a little shy, you're a little uncomfortable, don't set a goal that's so completely out of your comfort zone that it's going to make you break, essentially. I I recommend instead going the opposite direction, saying, what's a goal I can set for myself this week that I 100% know in my heart I can reach? What's a goal that I am certain I can reach? Maybe it's that you're going to have 10 conversations with people this week. Maybe it's that you're going to have three. Maybe it's 20. Maybe it's 30. I like to tell people that you should work towards a minimum of 100 conversations every week. So that's a two-way dialogue where you're asking about real estate. Uh, one rule I always give to you is you can't do more than half of that in direct messaging. You got to have some of it be where you're actually speaking to people, right? So. What's, what's, an, what's a number you can commit to that you're like, of course I can do that. And, and like I said, you know, we had one coaching client recently one of our groups that we run that their number was three. It was three. I can commit to three. The next week they did six. The week after that, they did 12, then 25, then 50, then 100. It, it's better to give yourself something that you 100% can commit to and uphold Than giving yourself some big grandiose goal that's completely unrealistic and you're never gonna fall through on. So set yourself a goal and fade it up. You're better off to take four to six weeks to get up to momentum than to go all out your first week and then not touch it for another four to six weeks, okay? So strategy number two is to go full blast. And this is for people who maybe have sales experience and or for people who cut their life rafts. Like this is what I like to do. If I'm starting a new business, I cut everything else out and I have to make it work. And then I just work everything I got on making it work because if not, I'm not gonna have a source of income. So that, that, that's me. If I'm jumping into a new business, I'm doing like 60, 70 hour weeks for the first six months to a year. I don't wanna wait. I, I would rather front end load my momentum and get it going fast. So strategy number two is go full blast till you hit cruising altitude. And I like to use um, an aviation reference here sorry, I'm, I'm totally a plane geek. It's something I love. I've got my pilot's license for years. And if, if you look at aviation, it's a really great um, analogy for this. Because if you're flying a plane and you're sitting on the runway, you're about to take off, the most important thing that you can do right away is get away from the ground. The ground is the thing that's going to kill you, right? Like if you are 200 feet in the air and your engine craps out, you're in a lot of trouble. You're 20,000 feet in the air and your engine craps out, you got a lot of options. You can glide really far, go find somewhere to land. So, the analogy works because in real estate, hitting the ground is running out of money. You run out of money, well, you're pretty much toast because guess what, it takes 60 to 90 days for things to show up, at least. So if, if you don't have enough out in front of you and you don't have a little bit of a war chest to, to hold you through till your next closing, you're in a really bad spot. So in aviation, what we do is we crank it. You're sitting on the runway. You're about to take off. It's full power till you're at a safe altitude. So you do your, we call it a climb out. You just blast up, get off the ground. And your only goal is to move where you are as far from the ground as quickly as you can. But then once you get up to that altitude, you can go back to like 65% power and you'll be going like within five to 10% of full speed of what the, the craft is capable of because all that extra power that you use to get away from the ground doesn't actually pull you through the air as fast as just you know kind of medium. And it's the same in real estate. So when you first start out, what do you have going on? Well, you don't have a lot of showings. You don't have a lot of appointments. You don't have any negotiations. Uh, you could distract yourself with a bunch of administrative stuff, setting up flyers, figuring this out, brainstorming what you're going to do in an imaginary situation. A lot of people do that stuff. But really, The only thing you really need is to start finding some future potential clients. So go full blast. This is the best way to get started in real estate is to say, you know what? My first six months, I'm going to go really hard. I'm going to speak to 100 people a day, every day. I'm just going to put every potential client in my database. I'm going to follow up relentlessly like a machine because you got nothing else to do. But then here's the thing. You're going to get to cruising altitude. That's when other things start to kick in. You're going to have showings, negotiations, appointments. You're going to have all these little things that start filling up your calendar. You need to be smart enough to pull back that throttle. Because if you're staying in lead generation mode, taking 100% of your bandwidth, you're going to drop the ball on your clients. And more importantly, you're going to drop, well, I should say also importantly, you're going to drop the ball on your follow-up. And the fortunes in the follow-up, you gotta maintain your database, you gotta stay in touch with people, you gotta love on them, you gotta do all those little things that bring more clients into your pipeline, so you can't stop that. So push really hard, but then when you start noticing that you're having a pull, find a comfortable balance between client service, follow-up, and prospecting that lets you continue the momentum. That's where the, the hockey stick growth comes from. It's where you're always putting new opportunities in strategy number three, this mostly works if you're on a team. So if you get into real estate and you join a team, teams are amazing because what they're going to do if you join the right team is they're going to clear all the crap out of your way. And they're going to say, you only have like five things to do. Generate leads, follow up with your database, negotiate, show homes, and, and you know, show up every morning. We'll do some skill building too. That, a good team, that's what they're going to do for you. And so if you have the option to join a team like that, or if you are someone like me who isn't afraid of money and would just say, you know what, I'm gonna get started, I've got a little bit of my war chest, I'm gonna hire an admin six months in, go all, go all out all the time. This is the plane that's climbing to space, right? Like you're you're a rocket ship now, there's no cruising altitude, you're just going straight up. And what this looks like is you taking that same commitment that you made in the first six months, but just leaving the throttle down, saying no matter what, I'm spending 20 to 30 hours a week on lead generation, I'm going to fit in my appointments. And then when things start getting messy, I'm going to grab someone really smart next to me and say, hey, I'm making crap loads of money. Come work for me. Clean all this stuff up because I want to stay doing just this. Do the five jobs. Those are those things I talked about with the team. You want to do some skill building every day, lead generate, lead follow up, go on appointments and negotiate contracts, clear everything else out of your way. And that is a stratospheric growth plan if you choose to do that. Not everyone wants that. And it's okay to have different goals in your business everyone's business ends up different and there's a lot of beautiful businesses that are totally different you might do the fade up and say i want to cap out at like 250 300 i i'm just going to kind of float here i'm not going to get an assistant i'm going to be really profitable i'm going to build my own systems i'm just going to do my stuff in the background and that's great you might say i want to take it up a couple notches past that and do six seven hundred thousand dollars a year with a personal assistant I'm gonna work a, a decent amount, but I'm not gonna go crazy. I'm gonna go full blast, I'm gonna get up to cruising altitude, and I'm just gonna maintain. And you might just say, I need to make a big dent. I financially need to move some needles. Here's what I think this is gonna look like, and you just go with strategy three, which is full go all the time. Just send it. Okay. So, how the heck do you do this without burning out? This is one of the big questions, right? Like you need to, to grind. This is a business for grinders. We need people with grit who are just gonna push and, and you know make things happen. But over time, man, it gets exhausting. So I'd like to share three strategies for loving the grind, how you get into it and you rise up to it and you just make it part of who you are and what you do. The first thing, the first strategy um, is to hit your goals in four days. So I call this grind strategy number one. Hit your goals in four days. So most of us set weekly goals. We know that in a successful week, I need to do blank. It's this, 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 and this. Well, if I'm working through my week and I know I need to hit all that stuff, most people would look at it and say, well, I've got five days in the week. I'm gonna do Monday, you know, Monday this much, Tuesday this much. So if you had 100 contacts being your goal, you'd say 20 a day. I see this all the time. And it sucks because first of all, It's boring, it's so easy to do 20 conversations. Just get more done earlier in the week and then you've got flexibility. The other thing that sucks is if you spend your week out over five days, guess what, guaranteed, at least once a week, there's gonna be something that comes up. So all of a sudden you're either missing your goals or missing your Saturday morning. I don't like missing my Saturday mornings. So what I recommend is space your week into four days. What this does is it gives you a nice reason to push It gives you an arc to your week instead of a flat line, which is boring, and it gives you a buffer day. So I also recommend spacing my week out differently. For example, I like to crush Mondays. So I'll wake up on Monday and I'll do, if I'm doing that 100 conversations example, a great minimum standard, if I'm doing that on Monday, I'm probably getting between 60 and 70 of them out of the way. Tuesday, I'm done. Then Wednesday, I'm going back into my database, doing some more follow-up. I might do a social media thing. I might go grab a coffee with a client. It creates this really nice arc where, kind of like a heartbeat, you're you're doing most of the work and then you're flowing the rest through. And then come Friday, I'll be honest, I worked so hard Monday through Thursday, if I don't have appointments, I'm quitting at like 10 or 11 a.m. and I'm gonna rest up and be able to do my open houses or my whatever else I'm working through on the weekend. And I'm gonna enjoy it because it's just a, it's a really nice rhythm. Okay. Grind strategy number two is to take four-day weekends. And I got this from an agent who's been a mentor of mine for years, Tom Mitchell, amazing guy. He said it casually to me early in my career. He said, you know, Sean, if you go on a two-week vacation, there's almost always going to be a client upset or a problem or a surprise, or you're going to just miss a deal. Someone's going to call you. Can I see a house? You don't get back to them in time. They buy the house with another agent. Poof. It's done. You missed it. Too bad, right? And um, he said, but here's the thing, you can take as many four day weekends as you want and just about no one's going to notice. So I said, huh, that kind of makes sense, right? Because if I'm in good communication with them throughout a week, if I miss a Monday and a Friday, chances are it's not really going to send any alarm bells. So I started trying this out and i found it was true i could really space my life out so that i got a lot of time where i could go on little adventures with my my wife or you know disappear for 4 days and really regroup or just do a project around the house or, or you spend time with friends and my business wasn't affected i want to be really clear i am not saying hey brand new agents or agents who are going through a growth spurt in their business and you're working on something i am not saying that you should take four-day weekends every week and work three days a week. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know what? Maybe once a month, take a four-day weekend and just recharge. Do something for you, okay? It makes a huge difference, and guess what? If, If you come back at your business rested with good energy, you're gonna more than make up for it. So don't worry about having that time away from work. You need to recharge your batteries. Strategy number three is book your vacations in advance. So grind strategy number three, book your vacations in advance. So the first thing you should do in a year is look at the entire year and say, hey, what do I want for me this year? Put your personal vacations in. I also like to make a note that while you're doing this, you should look at anything else that is immovable in a calendar year that you wanna participate in. Maybe there's a, a seminar that you wanna attend. Maybe there's a mastermind group. Maybe there's an opportunity or a wedding or something like that, something that you, just want to, you know you wanna be part of. Get that stuff in. But then book some really nice trips for yourself, whatever it is that fills you up and makes you feel whole. It might be going to Europe. It might be camping. It, might, it it doesn't have to be ornate. It could be simple, but plan the time that's important to you first. You might feel like you don't have the money for it. Well what better motivation to come and work in your business? You know that you've got that week and a half planned in the summer. and. You've got to earn the money for it. You need to get everything in place before you go. You're going to work harder now. And through that, you're going to have the money to do it. Now, is this contradictory? Am I saying, well, what the hell, Sean? You know, you just said take four day weekends instead of longer vacations. Now you're saying take a longer vacation. And the answer is, yeah, you should do both. But do them smart. So you can travel whenever you need to travel. And I will share with you that there are always, in in every market, there's gonna be certain times of year that the market's hot. So for me, I because I love money, I love my job, I love my business, I made sure to take my my leisure time at times of year that it wasn't going to affect my business as much. So in my market, we were really fortunate. Our our buying uh, audience and our selling audience really enjoy summers because we don't get long summers in Canada and people unplug a little bit, game on, I'm in. And then as well at Christmas time. So I found I could disappear from December 15th just about through till New Year's or maybe even a few days into New Year's, almost invariably I could manage any small things that came up from my phone and I could put a really long vacation in without really experiencing a hiccup in my business. So plan a couple things in, in advance. And if you choose to do something in peak season, be aware that chances are your phone's gonna need you You can ignore it, but it's gonna affect you. Otherwise, try to plan around when there's likely gonna be a bit of a quiet moment anyways, and you can probably escape without a scratch. Okay, so I shared some strategies for maintaining energy and feeling good during the grind, but I also wanted to leave you with three tips for getting through the marathon. Because here's the deal, real estate is not, and I'm just gonna say this, business in general is not a sprint race. This is a marathon. This is a long, hard push. This is not something that, you know, is an overnight success. You see people who get lucky in their first year sometimes, and often it's the worst thing that could happen to them because they think that they are now established and they're owed something and success is just part of the experience that they're gonna have. And it's not really like that. It's something that like takes a bit of a takes takes a bit of a push, takes a bit of energy, and it has to last a long time. There's a famous quote. We've heard it from a lot of different authors and great leaders. Uh, They say something to the effect of, you you often will overestimate what you can do in a year and underestimate what you can do in a decade. So you need to approach this as something that you're in for the long run. This isn't a get rich quick business. This is a business that if you hack it right, you can make amazing revenue and, and amazing income and you can control your hours, so you're making a really great hourly rate, and yet it's still a long-term business. It's not an overnight thing. So marathon tip number one is don't quit early. I see people all the time get in, and they push really hard for a couple of years, and then it's like they feel like they've built themselves this indefensible castle, and they they slack on it. They kind of kick their feet up. They're like, yeah, you know what? I've, I've, I've been doing this for three years. i went out and door knocked and cold called and I went to to my church meetups and I networked and I went to my kid's school. I did all this stuff. It was crazy for the first few years, but now I've got a database. So I don't, I don't bring new clients in. I'm just working these people. And this is a big mistake. Now, I don't care how you generate new leads. You could work those people for referrals and keep new opportunities coming in. You could focus on something different that's more networking-based than cold prospecting. I'm not saying you have to do any one thing. Shoot, you could buy leads. doesn't really matter. What matters is that you keep growing because if you just think that you can go back and love on those 150 people you got in your database, what's gonna happen is a couple of them are gonna die. Some of them are gonna move. There's gonna be people who decide they don't ever wanna use real estate or their sister gets a license and now they're not gonna use it anymore. It will naturally have attrition. So you've got to grow it faster than it shrinks, and don't ever quit growing it. Marathon tip number two is to layer in opportunities for rejuvenation. So I was talking about the 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 vacations and trips and planning and stuff like that, but I also think on a daily basis you need to find ways to fill your energy up. Okay, so there's little things like exercise, meditation, doing things that make you feel good, eating healthy. Find opportunities for rejuvenation and your energy and your health and the way that you feel and make sure that you structure those into your rhythm as well. I see people all the time who just bear at it. They just go like so hard and a lot of them get sick. They have ulcers. They're stressed beyond belief. They're not living the life that you would think they are from the outside. They're just work machines. And it's kind of sad because no one got into real estate saying, I want to get into this profession to be a work machine. They get into real estate because they want to live a great life. They see the opportunity for a lifestyle enhancement, not just a financial opportunity, and they get in with that premise, but then they, they lose sight of it in the competition and seeing what other people are doing. They feel like they need to just do the grind. So. Find little things, little things that fill your bucket. It could be going to sit in the sauna or have a cold plunge. It could be having coffee with a friend. It might be that you, you know, those Fridays when you quit early, you go see a family member, you go see your parents, you spend time with your sister. Like, Just find something that you can do that fills you up and do it. those little small bits consistently. And then to survive the marathon, tip number three, counterintuitive one, is layer in moments and times in your, your annual rhythm of higher intensity. So I said, you know, get up to cruising altitude and then just make sure that you never dip. Keep yourself at cruising speed indefinitely. But here's the thing, if you do the same thing every day or every week consistently, what's gonna happen is after a while, it's gonna feel so repetitive that it's gonna wear you out. So then you'll be tempted to drop your standard Be like, oh man, I've been doing these 150 conversations a week for 10 years. I'm tired. I don't want to do this crap anymore. Maybe I'll just do 100. I'm doing good. I've got enough money. Well, here's a a trick. Instead of bringing it down, bring it up for four weeks. We used to do these challenges on our team where normally we'd be doing, uh, an average team member would be doing 100 to 150 conversations a week plus their follow-up. So we were already pretty active we would do challenges once or twice a year where we would do 250 conversations every week for a month, every single member on the team. So every four people, that's a thousand conversations happening every week. And we'd run these contests at specific times a year. So we'd say, you know what, everyone just took the summer, they kinda had some time off, we gotta get back into the office, we gotta get our energy up, we've had a couple weeks that maybe we didn't hit our commitments, that's normal, this thing happens, right? So what we do is we get back in the office, Okay, hey guys, let's go. We're going to push really hard this month and we're going to tee ourselves up for that big market. Because remember, we are taking time off in the summer when things are a little cooler. Well, chances are you need to wake your database up. You need to go find some people that are thinking about stuff right now and you need to move the dial. So it does a couple things. First of all, it, it pumps you up in terms of your pipeline and potential business, but it also pumps you up in terms of your energy level. Because you're like, okay, It's a short time horizon. I just got to commit to a month. I'm going to go grind. It's going to be intense. But when I come back out of it, I come back to cruising speed and I just am going to cruise along. And guess what? After you did that intensity, well, cruising speed's easy. It's really not that hard. Whereas before, if you just kept going and going, the same thing week in and week out, it would slowly wear you down. So marathon tip number three is layer in moments of really high intensity and make it a fun challenge. If you're working with people, like If you have a team, put a prize at the end, take everyone out to dinner, celebrate, like make it a thing. And if you're not on a team, go find a couple people and say, hey, I got to get some stuff going on this fall. I want to do a big challenge. And my challenge is blank. I'm looking for three people to join me. We're going to kick some butt. We're going to make some things happen. And we're going to blow our businesses up. It's more fun if you have that camaraderie, that support. And, and frankly, someone that you can call them and say, dude, I'm burning out right now. I got to push through this. Can you help? So, I hope that through this, you'll look at at everything that I said and and realize that it's actually not that hard to get into a high level and a consistent pace of taking action to grow your business. Going back to it, action is the most fundamental part of growing something. If, if, If you don't do anything, nothing happens. Right? You could be the smartest realtor in the world. You could have every license. You could have every designation, every whatever. You could have everything perfectly set, all the systems. You could buy the tools. You could do everything. But if you don't do anything with it, nothing will ever come out of it. You have to take action. From there, we're going to move on to talk about how to raise your abilities. Because remember, the, the success formula, it, it it says that action is only the first part. The next piece is to to raise the level of skill, your abilities, your 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 conversations, your techniques, raise that so that every piece of action you take brings a higher yield. So that's next week. Today, I hope that you walk away with one little thing that you can do to help you stay momentum. And as always, I'm grateful that you took the time to listen to this. We'll see you soon.